Love is spiritual, not natural. You ever think about that? This is absolutely miraculous. With love, you get the results now. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to Deep Water where we're talking about issues, uh, things that are important, discussion starters. Uh, the reason I did this is let's just start talking about what's really important in life. And, and hard issues, uh, controversial issues, um, what do you do when this happens, how do you get unstuck when this happens, um, what is the truth about this versus what the media is saying, kind of all of the above. So um, I always share my opinion, of course, but I'm not doing this so that you will adapt my opinion. I'm, I'm doing it more as a discussion starter. And I would encourage you, where you live, if one of these topics resonates with you, invite a friend to lunch and say, hey, I wondered if over lunch we could talk about some issues, uh, world issues, life issues, whatever, or with your significant other or spouse, or invite a couple over and order a pizza. And instead of just watching a movie or something, talk about something that really is important and matters. But always do it in kindness, truth, and love. Okay? And you know what's amazing? If you do that, you will be closer and closer and closer to the people that you do that with because you've connected, you've shared something deep usually that you don't normally share with other people. And, um, and that more and more closeness of relationship is what gives value to our life. So uh, today, I'm going to talk for a few minutes about the danger of attractiveness. Yes, attractiveness. You know, that's really an amazing phenomenon. Um, I've read quite a number of studies as I've researched this and actually had read a bunch of them uh, many years before. And um, one thing you might find interesting is that when they just showed a black and white picture of a face and many times only showed the picture for one-tenth of a second, and then were asked, which do you like better? Uh, the results are, it, it's pretty overwhelming. It's that 70 to 90% of people will say, I like that person better than that person. Or I think that person would be a better president than that person. And by the way, even children on the one about presidents are right almost every single time. And if you think about it, about from today, which is 2021 when I'm recording this, our last 50 years approximately of presidents, you could be argued, were the more attractive physically candidate. Now, you know, there's some opinion in that, but go look at them yourself. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing that over and over and over, and not just the last 50 years, the more attractive candidate wins. Uh, 
lots and lots of studies have all shown that more attractive people are the ones that get the job. If there's a number of people interviewed, the more attractive person tends to get it most often. Uh, and one thing I read was the danger of attractiveness. That's why I called it this, because they said um, a really weird thing is that if a bunch of people were being interviewed for a menial job, a job that's not maybe considered a very good job, the attractive people were chosen way less than the unattractive people for those jobs. And when they, when they ask people questions to determine why did you choose that way, you know what they said? What it came down to is they thought the more attractive people deserved a much better job so they would not give them this menial job. Isn't that unbelievable? Why do they deserve it? Because they're better looking? I mean, come on. Uh, but, but, this is, this is built into us. I mean, there's, the studies are very conclusive. More attractive people get the better jobs, they make more money, they are thought of more highly, they, you know, pretty much you name it. If it's good, and we think that about the more attractive person. And these are all studies where the, the, the test subjects didn't know the people at all. They were just looking at pictures, okay? And over and over and over and over, they would choose the more attractive for becoming president, for getting the, the better job, uh, being a better person, being more likable. I'd, choose them for a friend over this one, uh, everything. Well, of course we know at, at both, I think, an intellectual and a heart level, that that is wrong, okay? That, you know, the, oh, you can't judge a book by its cover. And uh, in, in ancient manuscripts, it says that God, what God cares about and wants is the heart. Not what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. Uh, other ancient manuscripts say, focus on what is unseen, not on what is seen. Focus on the spiritual, not the temporal. But regardless of all of that, even though we may know those things and even agree with those wisdoms of, of, of all human time, if we were looking at the pictures, more than likely, we would choose the same ones. So it is built in to our programming for some reason. Some of the um, speculation on that in some of the studies is that every one of us has like a database of faces and maybe even a database of faces that goes back into our ancestry for hundreds of years. That's up for debate. But what's not up for debate is that in our lifetime, everyone, we have a database of faces. And every time you see a new face, even if it's a picture, your mind instantly, in like a fraction of a, of a second, runs through every face you have ever seen. Real people, movies, magazines, drawings, everything. And makes an instant determination can we trust this person? Is this person a danger to us? Are we going to be, how are we going to act toward this person? Uh, all, all based on 
their appearance, their outward appearance, body language, etc. Okay, um, I would say that's not all bad, uh, especially if you're talking about uh, facial expressions. You probably heard of micro expressions. Uh, the FBI and law enforcement and, and some of psychology are trained in micro-expressions. That when you see or hear or think about something, you have micro-expressions that change and I can't by my will keep that from happening. It's unconscious and I can't stop it. So if you know how to read those, then that can be really helpful, but that's not outward. The, the symptom of it, the micro-expressions are outward. But what it's showing is something that is inward. Fear, anxiety, happiness, attraction, whatever. Um, my PhD is in psychology and one of the psychological schools is basically built on attraction. And, and um, and the way the school goes, and I remember the, the desk I was sitting at in my doctoral program in the certain classroom where we talked about this. It made that big an impression on me, okay? But one school of psychology is basically just to give the other person positive feedback. That's it. For an hour a day, for six months to three years. They're going to come in and sit there and I'm going to smile, I'm going to listen, but basically all I'm going to do is be kind to them and give them positive feedback. And they are going to guide themselves. So whatever they say they came in here for, I might say, oh, okay, well, how do you feel about that? Ah, well, that's interesting. How did you come to that conclusion? Ah, well, which one of the possible... They say, well, what should I do about this now? And as the therapist in this, in this school, I might say, well, what are your thoughts? Which ones do you think would be the best options? And all I'm doing is giving feedback, listening, smiling, and being kind. That's all I'm doing. And you know what, you know what was interesting? As I was, as I was learning that school and we, you know, split up in pairs and in groups and practiced it and were critiqued and all that kind of stuff, I thought, good grief, the therapist in this one isn't doing anything. I mean, anyone could do this. You don't need years of training. You don't need a license. I mean, all they're doing is listening and being kind. That's all they're doing. Okay, but what was fascinating is that this school had a much higher success rate than a lot of the other schools. Even though basically the therapist wasn't doing anything and you could train virtually anybody in less than an hour to do what the therapist or practitioner was doing in the session. But those, but those sessions had a much higher effectiveness than a lot of other schools that, where the therapist had to be really skilled and, and all that sort of thing. How could that be? Because that school has figured out that the way we work is on the attractiveness 
the warmness, the kindness, etc., of the other person. And there's also lots of studies that say that we, by the time we're 30, 40, 50, 60, whatever, we are the product of the people that we've been around and how they have acted toward us as far as these things. So if they have treated me like I'm attractive, then I believe I'm attractive. If they've treated me like I'm unattractive, I believe I'm unattractive and have negative thoughts and emotions related to that, beliefs, etc. Um, don't want to go out in public, don't want to, you know, clothes don't fit right, whatever. If people have affirmed to me that I'm loved and they are kind to me no matter what, then I tend to feel good about myself because that makes me seem valuable. And I'll tend to be that way to other people, okay? Because it, it works. If other people are mean to me, and I grew up with a lot of that programming, I will tend to be mean when I, when I get older, okay? So our programming, in one way, is the net effect of everyone we have had interaction with our entire life, and whether that interaction was very positive or very negative or in between, okay? Um, this, uh, this is an issue that is kind of, um, I'll say near and dear to me, but it's not really near and dear because I've got a lot of negative about this issue of attractiveness, okay? Uh, my life growing up was pretty close to idyllic. Uh, I love my parents. They loved me. I was my dad's hobby. Uh, he played with me all the time. Um, we would we would laugh and play every single day, every day. He he had no hobbies. I, I was his hobby, literally. Okay. I grew up in a little small town that was safe, and I always felt safe. And we weren't rich, but we had enough money. It seemed. Um, so my life was kind of idyllic until I went to school. And then immediately when I went to school, my sense of identity and self-worth went through the floor because I was labeled as being uh, short and fat. Okay? And I'd never really experienced any of that until I started to school. And so when I started to school, my self-worth and identity and stuff was was great. That's the way I remember it. I was happy, sung all the time, just spontaneously. Uh, was was great. Okay. But then I go to school and all of a sudden I'm fat, I'm short. Uh, one of my nicknames was Chunky. <clears throat> I, I specifically remember walking across the schoolyard and a, a group of boys yelling, Hey, Chunky! all the way across the schoolyard, which, which basically means short and fat. And I forced a laugh and then just went on. And then I got home and cried. And, um, and, and I lived that life for probably um, from when I started to school until about eighth grade. So um, eight or nine years 
I lived that life where my identity and worth was very low because of my physical appearance and the way people treated me based on my physical appearance, okay? Now, I had some friends, too, who treated me well, and that's probably what saved me, uh, that and some adults that treated me really great, besides my parents. Um, But when I was in about eighth grade, I got to a real crisis point about this issue. Uh, Girls wouldn't look at me. I had a pepperoni face with acne, still short and fat, you know, called me names. And I kind of made a life vow one day um, that no one is ever going to make fun of me again for my physical body, for being fat, or I can't control short, but I wasn't that short. So I thought it was mainly 99% the fat. No one's ever going to make fun of me again for being fat. Okay, and I don't care what I have to do. I'm willing to do or give up anything if I can have an attractive physical body and not ever be made fun of again for that. And I did it. Um, For about 15 years, I ran 6 to 12 miles every single day, and I mean every day. I mean, if I didn't get home till midnight from whatever it was, (coughs) excuse me, um, I didn't go to bed. I went to work out, okay? And, and it was a big deal because if I got home at midnight, which I did a lot, and my wife is an early bird, so she goes to bed, well, I've got to go work out, which is at least an hour, and then, you know, it takes me about another hour and an hour or hour and a half to come down from the workout, so I was very likely to be exhausted the next day, but I didn't care, Okay, so the, the physical exercise became an obsession to me. And sure enough, I started, people quit making fun of me. I became a lot more popular. I started dating cheerleaders and homecoming queens and, and stuff like that. So you would think from that that, oh, well, it worked. No, it did not work. It became an obsession to the extent that I almost lost my marriage and and got into all kinds of addictions and everything else, okay? So it absolutely did not work. Now, could I have done that in a healthy way? Yeah, yeah, I could. But the pain was so bad that I think the chances of me doing it in a healthy way weren't real good. I, I was going to go extreme because my pain was so severe, I was going to make sure this never happened again. And that reminds me of um, a lot of wonderful, beautiful young ladies I've worked with over the years with anorexia, or, or close to it, where they would literally look in a mirror and see, they would physically see something on their body that was not there. It's unbelievable. I mean, so what is the lens on your eyelid, on your eyeball change? No, it's not that. It's that as soon as that data comes in from the image, the heart, which is full of this body image stuff, especially at an adolescent or in high school, and so literally your unconscious changes the data and creates a different picture than is really there on the mirror. 
And so the person with anorexia sees this picture, the one created by their unconscious mind, full of fear, full of anger, full of low self-worth, because of physical attractiveness issues. And it becomes an, an obsession, <clears throat> just like mine did with me, and um, very often can absolutely ruin uh, a person's life. And, and I worked with a number who, who it, it had ruined their life. Uh, some that it had greatly impacted their health as well. Uh, one of my favorite musical artists of all time, Karen Carpenter, um, it's believed that she died from anorexia and that she always thought she was overweight and uh, I, I was a big fan of hers. I never saw her, one picture of her where she looked the slightest bit overweight, but that's not what she saw. And what's the point of talking about all this? Well, all of this comes from this built-in thing we have to favor attractiveness and disfavor um, something that is unattractive, all right? But, but, that is wrong. You know that, right? That is wrong. The body that I was born with does not dictate the person I am on the inside when I grow up and choose to be this kind of person. In fact, it may not be reflected at all by my outward appearance, all right? But just think about yourself. When you see someone who is really attractive, don't you look twice, okay? I, I mean, I'm not gay, but if I even see a man who is just unbelievably attractive, I will look twice. Not, not because I'm interested in anything. It's just nice to look at, okay? And, uh, of course, you grow up as, as an adolescent doing that with girls, every girl almost, to, to ridiculous extremes, okay? What, what happens when we see someone who is extremely unattractive physically on the outside? We tend to turn away, okay? I remember, I remember seeing um, a gentleman who uh, I believe is one of the kindest, most loving, caring people I have ever met in my life. But when I met him, I turned away because he'd been in a terrible accident and a lot of his face was uh, scarred very, very badly. And it was hard for me to look at him. Why? Because it hurt. It hurt. Okay? So if we want to live the life, if we want to live our best life or close to that, <clears throat> We have to override that primary programming that we have about attractiveness and unattractive. We have to override that and say, I am not going to live my life that way. I am not going to judge anybody until I get to know them. And even then, I'm not going to judge them harshly. I'm going to look for uh, their gifts and what they're good at and positive things rather than the negative. We all have the negative, okay? I hope you know that. Everybody's got their junk. Everybody. No exceptions, okay? So, I, I, I would suggest maybe this week uh, thinking about yourself and saying, okay, 
have I done that in my life? Have I, um, have I favored attractive people over unattractive people? Do I look twice? Do I look three or four times? Do, do I want to be associated with someone just because of their popularity maybe from being attractive? Um, how do I see myself in that regard? You know, one of the, one of the horrible things about um, anorexia, and, and, I've, and, and by the way, I've had this issue with every extremely attractive woman I have ever worked with in counseling. Not one exception to this, okay? Every one of them. Uh, for, for those young ladies, one of their biggest issues is always their attractiveness. For those ladies who are just extremely attractive by God, by nature, all right? One of their biggest issues is always that attractiveness. The pull between, number one, not wanting to lose that and feeling like, you know, I'm getting older, you know, is that going to go away? And the, and, and the danger in that is they, their self-worth has become so tied to their physical attractiveness that when they get older and their looks start to go, it becomes a real crisis and their self-worth goes down and all kinds of things are possible that were never possible before because their self-worth was tied to their attraction. Let me tell you, Self-worth has nothing to do with what you or I look like on the outside. Nothing. Uh, how good you are at a job has nothing to do with how you look on the outside. Whether you would be a good president of the United States or head of some other organization has nothing to do with how you look physically on the outside. It's all about who and what you are on the inside. So, so, what's the point? Well, you need to do it with others and you need to do it with yourself too. Treat uh, the golden rule. Treat other people the way that you would like other people to treat you. In other words, like that school of psychology, be kind and give positive feedback. I mean... That doesn't mean you don't tell them the, uh, the truth about something that's negative in their life, but tell them the truth in love, not in anger or frustration or unforgiveness or, or whatever, all right? So the easiest thing you can ever do that will make the biggest difference in, in a person's life and your life too is simply to be kind. And I mean genuinely kind valuing them as a human being and person and wanting uh, to create relationships with as many people as you can that are communal relationships. The word uh, communion means intimacy. All right? Well, there's, there's sexual intimacy, but there's also non-sexual intimacy. The more intimacy you have, the more communion you have with other human beings that is positive, love-based, deep, uh, talking about stuff that matters, living what you believe, the happier and healthier you're going to be. And, and 
I believe that can all start with just two things. One, suspend judgment. Okay? Uh, judgment is for God and small children. So you may be you may be the least physically attractive person I've ever seen, but the most wonderful person inside, in heart and mind, I've ever known. Both of those at the same time. Well, if you're, if you're the most wonderful person inside I've ever met or known, it is going to greatly enhance my life to be in a relationship with you. But if I don't do that because you're very unattractive on the outside, man, I've just hurt you and me both. Um, for a while now, the Black Lives Matter has been all over the place, and I did a, a segment on my two cents on that. But if we've learned anything from Black Lives Matter, I think it should one of one of those things should be not to judge by the outside, not to judge by the pigment of someone's skin, or whether they're they would be considered beautiful, handsome, or unattractive, um, for that to have absolutely no weight at all, uh, no judgment. Let me get to know you and let me be kind and loving to as many people as I can and let me find my own self-worth, not by how I look on the outside, but by what is in my heart and mind. And so how do you do that? Well, you, you prioritize what is unseen. You prioritize the spiritual over the physical. So every morning when your feet hit the ground, um, maybe say a little prayer. Help me today to disregard the superficial uh, external things of life, or at least minimize them. Maybe can't disregard them because that's your work, but that's not really what I meant. Don't prioritize them as far as importance based on attractiveness or unattractiveness, or the color of skin, or weight or anything like that, okay? But only make observations and evaluate a person, not judge, that's up to God, but evaluate by their heart, their mind, uh, who they are on the inside, the spiritual rather than the physical, etc. And I really believe the place this starts is to do it with yourself first. To look at yourself, not on the basis of the externals, how attractive or unattractive, not even really your accomplishments or not, but who you are on the inside. Are you a selfish person or a loving person? Are you kind or do you have a hair trigger, temper, and anxiety? Okay, prioritize yourself spiritually, understand that that's who you really are, and then start to live that way. And um, I, I can guarantee you, if you do that, you're going to become happier and happier and happier the more you do it. You're going to feel better and better about yourself because you're going to come into a communal relationship with more and more and more people because they can tell you are looking in their eyes to see their heart rather than judging them by their external appearance. They can tell that, all right? 
And, it, and let me tell you, it feels good. Well, the more I do that with other people, the more other people are going to do that with me. And, but I would address that in yourself first because some of you may not be able to be kind to other people. You have so much self-hatred and self-loathing and unforgiveness and, and all that kind of stuff in your heart. All right, you get, well, you got to clean that stuff up. And we've got tools that can usually do that in minutes or days, not months or years. But besides that, decide, make a commitment in your life to prioritize the internal, not the external. Okay? And, um, and I believe the truth of that is that we are all made in the image of God. We are made uh, perfectly. Uh, yeah, we have flaws, but as a whole, in our, our spiritual self that, that will live for eternity, I believe, that's what's perfect. Not the physical body, but the spirit, all right? That, uh, and I'm not any better than anyone else, but I'm not worse than anyone else either. We all have inherent wonderful high worth as a person and human being. And I believe just about anybody can change the world or at a minimum change their own world, your family, your friends, the people that you're around, your work, by simply doing this one thing. Uh, prioritizing internal versus external, uh, disregarding attractiveness versus unattractiveness, and it being about the heart and trying to get in a communal, um, uh, deep, intense, mutually fulfilling relationship with as many people as possible. And every one of those you do will be like finding another gold nugget um, out of the stream that will bring great, great wealth to your life from now on. So, um, attractiveness versus un unattractiveness. There's a real danger there on both sides. So, let's just not play the game. Have a wonderful, great day.